It's Pastor Kevin here. Thanks so much for joining Thrive Church's messages online today. Our mission at Thrive is simple. We want to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And our motto is this, your growth matters to us, meaning that we want you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. And today's message and the fact that you're even on this podcast online listening means that, you know what? You want to grow in your relationship with Jesus. So I pray that today's message will help you take next steps in your faith journey as you grow in your relationship with Him. Now on to today's message. I'm personally loving this series. I want to let you know about something that kicks off a week from tomorrow on January the 28th. We're having what we're calling a 90-day challenge called God's Guarantee. Now, here's the deal. What we're doing starting next, uh, starting again next Monday is basically what typically people would call a tithe challenge. There are a lot of people, um, I don't actually, the fun thing is only 1% of Christians say they tithe, say they give, um, which is astronomical to me because I'm like, I get bananas because again, we're a generous church. We love giving, we love making an impact, but there are some that you've never really taken that step of faith and it truly is. So what we want to do is kind of invite you on this journey for 90 days just to give and test God as it says in Malachi, just to see as God provides and God will again come through over and over and over. Now here's why I know it's happening. Some of you right now you're tense. I can feel the tension. You're like, my God, this church just wants my money. Here's the truth. If you take this challenge, I don't care if you give to Thrive Church. You can give to another church. What I desire, what our heart is behind this, is that if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, is that you live a life where you give God your first and your best in every area. That's in finances, that's in your time, that's in your effort, your resources, with everything that you have, that you trust God and you give Him your first and your best. So here there we have two ways you can sign up for this. You can go online to nextsteps.me or you can fill out one of our uh, tithe challenge cards over at our Connection Center. But again, our heart behind this is not trying to get money because God wants something for you, not something from you. And it's for you just to live a life that's aligned to his desires and what he calls us to do as we follow him. So again, you can check that out over at our Connection Center or again on nextsteps.me. But as we jump into today, to the message, week three, not today, Satan, I have a confession to make. Um, I have an issue and the issue is called Netflix. Now, here's the issue I have with Netflix. I sit down to one episode but it never ends with one episode. Because one of the worst features is the fact that when I finish an episode, what does it do? Five, four, three, two. I was watching one the other day, and it did it for you. It just jumped straight ahead. It didn't even count down. It didn't even give you a second to really think and mull over. It just jumped straight into it. I'm like, eh, what's one more? And the next thing you know... I've watched the entire season. I'm sitting there at 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know where I am. I have to get up at 5, and I have to debate. Do I just keep watching Netflix, or do I go to sleep? I chose sleep. Now, there are some of you in here, you, maybe you don't, you're like, I've been living under a rock. I don't even know what Netflix is. What is it, the Netflix? Well, let me tell you this. There's this other thing that I have a struggle with. 
And you can find it for yourself. If you go across the street to Walmart, they have this cookie aisle. If you walk down the aisle around seven feet, turn to your left, middle row. But see, here's the thing about the Keebler Elf soft batch chocolate chip cookies. They don't have them facing up. So where you read the label, they're all laying down. So you have to hunt for these. You have to know they're there. And I know. (laughs) You know what else I know? I know that I can sit down and eat an entire package in one sitting and not feel shame. I know that in each compartment there are a few and there are nine cookies in each compartment. There are 27 cookies in this package. You know how I know? Because I've eaten them all. So here's what we're doing. The last few weeks we're talking about saying no to the enemy of our lives, to the Satan who wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. We talked the first week about saying no to temptation. Then if you were uh, with us last week, uh, you weren't here because we were online because of the ice and snowmageddon and all that. We talked about saying no to insecurities. And today we're going to say no to unhealthy appetites. Such as binging Netflix and eating an entire container of delicious soft batch chocolate chip cookies. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to have to fight the urge and go past Walmart today because I now want... This is the second time I've talked about these cookies. And I want some of these cookies. And my wife is here. Honey, do not buy me those cookies. It is not an act of love today. But here's the deal. Here's why it's such a big issue. If you got your copy of God's Word, you can turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 9. And we'll also have that up on the screen for you. But here's the big idea. This is what everything comes back to in the message. Is that unhealthy appetites will always leave us empty and wanting more. It'll always leave us empty and wanting more. Because once we get it, we're like, oh man, that's it. I could just have another one. And the next thing you know, you've binged the season and you've eaten the whole package of cookies. Wow, binging Netflix. That's the fun part. But it's kind of like anyone with an addiction. Someone that struggles with alcoholism or drug addiction. There's never just one. Never just one drink. Never just one hit. Now, the truth is we all have appetites. You and me. Whether they're good or whether they're bad. But the ones that are harmful, the ones that are unhealthy, maybe you have an unhealthy appetite for what I call um, just splurging. Because Amazon is the most incredible and most dangerous thing. You're watching TV, you're like, I like that throw pillow. Search for it. Three seconds later, it is ordered, booked, and in two days prime, it will be at your door. Listen, your throw pillows are fine. You don't need another one, okay? Or maybe, maybe for you, it's having an, kind of going overboard in another area. Maybe, again, it could be food. It could be the fact like you're like me with the Keebler Elf. You just want to sit there and eat and eat and eat instead of doing what Justin did and sadly throwing the Oreos in the trash and picking up the container of carrots. You see, you and I, we have these appetites, these wants, these desires that we have to contain, that we have to be intentional with. Because at the end, these unhealthy appetites will only leave us empty and wanting more. Never satisfied. Typically, especially if you're like most Keebler Elves, you kind of leave there feeling like a chocolate chip. Maybe you've got to have that coffee, that caffeine. One of the greatest inventions is the Keurig. The K-Cup. 
At Walmart, they sell these little K-cups that have, it's called extra calf. More caffeine than I need, but you know what? I think I need it. And then I drink it, and my hands all jittery, and I'm just ready to conquer the day. See, that can be an unhealthy appetite. If I feel that I can't survive or make it through the day without the coffee. Because it will leave us wanting more. It would never give us contentment. In today's passage, we're going to look at a guy named Absalom. And Absalom was King David's son. And King David, this is the same guy that fought Goliath. Now, Absalom, and you read in the scripture, he talks about how he, he was, he's a good-looking guy. He was like Fabio. So every time when I talk about Absalom, I want you to picture a hunk with long flowing hair that just looks glorious. Like when you see him, like literally he just lives in slow motion. That's Absalom. Now see, the thing is, Absalom, he wanted to be king, which is cool. Because guess what? He's heir to the throne. He's going to be king. The problem is, he didn't want to wait. He wanted to be king now. He had this unhealthy appetite. Here's what he did. He lied to his dad. He lied to King David. He said, hey, I want to help you out. I want to take some of the burden off your shoulders. But he did it only to get people to turn against David. And what we do when we pick up here in verse 9, we see David's men going out to fight. And they encounter Absalom's men. And then we come to verse 9. It says, During the battle, Absalom happened to come upon some of David's men. He tried to escape on his mule. Fun fact. Don't try to escape on a mule. You can probably run faster. Can you imagine Fabio's like just riding a mule? Okay, again, slow motion and all. That's where we're at. But as he rode beneath the thick branches of a great tree, his hair got caught in the tree. His mule kept going and left him dangling in the air. So now we have Fabio sucking a tree by his beautiful hair, just literally hanging out. One of David's men saw what had happened and told Joab, which is one of David's leaders. I saw Absalom dangling from a great tree. What? Joab demanded. You saw him there and didn't kill him? Again, you got to understand, this Absalom has been trying to kill David, his father. I would have rewarded you with 10 pieces of silver and a hero's belt, which is probably very close to the WWE championship belt. I would not kill the king's son for even a thousand pieces of silver, the man replied to Joab. We all heard the king say to you and Abishai and Ittai, other more leaders of David's, for my sake, please spare young Absalom. And if I had betrayed the king by killing his son, and the king certainly would have found out, you yourself would be the first to abandon me. Enough of this nonsense, Joab said. He took three daggers, because one wasn't enough, and plunged them into Absalom's heart as he dangled was still alive in the great tree. And then if that wasn't enough, ten of Joab's young armor bearers then surrounded Absalom and killed him. They wanted him dead, dead, dead. Then Joab blew the ram's horn and his men returned from chasing the army of Israel. They threw Absalom's body into a deep pit in the forest and piled a great heap of stones over it. And all Israel fled to their homes. This is a key verse, verse 18. During his lifetime, Absalom had built a monument to himself in the king's valley. Talk about vanity personified. And he said, I have no son to carry on my name. He named the monument after himself, and it is known as Absalom's monument to this day. Absalom had an appetite for more. 
You see, the, the sad thing is, is he would eventually have become king. He just didn't want to wait. He had an unhealthy appetite that he allowed to push him to complete destruction, to his death. And today, I want us to look at how we can overcome unhealthy appetites, both emotionally and physically. We want to say no to unhealthy appetites. No to the Netflix binge. No to the Keebler of Cookies. And yes, to healthy appetites. Like me, I probably should just pick up a book. But we all have these appetites, good and bad. Some of you, you may have the appetite of studying God's Word consistently, maybe even daily. That's a good appetite. That's a good desire. Maybe you have a good desire to spend time in prayer. Maybe you have a good, a good desire to have good quality time with your family, with your spouse, with your friends. But the thing is, our unhealthy appetites, when we give in to them, they can completely derail the healthy ones. I love eating junk food, but I want to be healthy. So I'll go an entire day and track my food and eat right. But then that night, I have no problem. This is not the evil Keebler elves, don't worry. I have no problem eating a giant bag of chips with a big old thing of Frito's French onion dip, to which my wife hates because it stinks. So you see, that one moment threw off track everything I'd done that day. That's why it's so important that you and I, that we get a grasp on what's healthy and what's unhealthy in our lives so that we, not just so we can be good people and have it together, but so we can make an impact and be used by God in our everyday life, at home, at work, at the grocery store, anywhere that we are, so that we can make an impact for Him. Because what happens are these appetites. They turn into habits. And these habits become our lifestyle. My wife's dad, he does the same thing every night. He eats a bowl of cereal. The man could have eaten supper at 9 o'clock at night, but at 10 o'clock, them corn pops are popping. He has eaten some corn pops. And it's the most amazing thing. Unhealthy appetites, they can expect, affect our spiritual life. Maybe you have an unhealthy appetite for social media. Maybe you thrive and live for the likes and the loves. And if you don't get enough, you delete it and act like it never happened. And then you try to post another one at a different angle. And maybe you can get... It's unhealthy. Because all it's doing in that moment is lifting your ego and inflating you for a moment. Because the next day, the next hour, it won't be enough. When you live off someone's approval or criticism, it's only as good as that one moment. It'll leave you empty and wanting more because it's an unhealthy appetite. I don't want you and I craving attention of people because people let you down. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to forget something. I'm not going to call or reply. And I'm going to mess up. So when we build our lives around people, their likes, their dislikes, we're setting ourselves up for disaster. 
Because the truth is, you and I, we don't decide our future. We can't, like I stand here, you know what, in five to ten years, I'm going to be blank, blank, blank. No, 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 no. What determines your future are your appetites that turn to habits. What habits do you have right now? So what you've got to do, you've got to take an assessment and see where you are, what's healthy, what's unhealthy. And you need to play that junk forward five to ten years. If you continue on this path, on this trajectory, where is it going to take you? When you look to yourself ten years down the road, is it who God wants you to be? You see, typically, people want to feel good about themselves, so they ask, is this who I want to be? I'm going to be real with you. If you follow Jesus, it's more about who he wants you to be than who you want to be. But here's the cool part. This is, this, and this is why we serve a good God. Because when we align our hearts with him, we become who he created us to be. And we can live a life that is full. A life that is complete. So what you got to do, you have to take time. You have to play this stuff forward five to ten years and see where is it that you're going to be. How will it be affected? How will it affect you? And here's the truth, man. These appetites, these desires, these habits, they don't just affect you. There's a ripple effect that happens. The way you act now will affect the people in your life, the friendships, the relationships. If you think to yourself 10 years from now, man, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. You better start being it today. When you get home, you better not ask who's taking the trash out. You better just grip it and take that bad boy outside with pride, but not gloat about it. I don't know if you knew this, but if you brag about brownie points, you lose them. I learned that the hard way. That one was free. I'll do a marriage conference later in life. But it's good when you can identify what these unhealthy appetites can be. Whether it's something good, whether it's, again, something bad. Because what happens is you end up living for this rush. Because, again, when you go to Amazon impulsively and you buy that throw pillow, you get this rush. When you're sitting down to that gallon of ice cream and you are ready to devour it, you get this rush. Then afterwards, we're left empty and wanting more. And if you've sat down and literally ate a whole gallon of ice cream, you're going to be sick. But if we learn to say no to these unhealthy appetites, if we learn to say no, we're going to experience a higher quality of life that God has for us, that he desires for us. God does not want to mess you up. God does not want to cheat you out of something. He wants something for you. He wants you to have a full, complete life. And you're never going to find anyone, anyone that makes a significant impact for God that's not disciplined and intentional. Because that's really what this comes down to. It's us living an intentional life. Not just giving in to sudden impulses. But allowing ourselves to live by what God desires and what He wants. And what we're going to do, these are, there's these few other scriptures that talks about appetite. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 19, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says, they are headed for destruction. He's talking about individuals that live contrary to God's plan and God's desires. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. 
They think only about this life here on earth. What are we bragging about? What are we talking about? Me, I'm guilty of, I'll talk about how, uh, like before I started following Jesus, but sometimes the way I talk about the crappy, stupid things I did, almost sounds like I'm bragging about them instead of bragging about the transformation that God has brought in my life. So we've got to be careful of what we're bragging about because I love that last part. They think only about this life here on earth. What would happen if we start filtering our decisions off not what's temporary, but what's eternal? That we begin to filter our things and saying, eh, I don't really want to do that, God. I'd rather do my own thing. And I really don't want to share the gospel with my neighbor. Uh, they'll think I'm weird and stupid and possibly a heretic and hypocrite. But what if? What if you stop thinking about the things here on earth and the things that are eternal? Because my embarrassment and awkwardness, because I ain't gonna lie, it can be a little awkward when you start talking to someone about Jesus. You don't know what they're going to do. They may slap you, they may throw something at you, who knows. But I'd rather be awkward for 15 seconds and have them have an opportunity to know Jesus than to ignore it and let them go to hell. They think only about this life on earth. Look what Solomon says about appetites. He was the king after David in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 2. And this is intense. Um, this is metaphor, just to let you know, disclaimers. And put a knife to your throat if you are a person given to appetite. Solomon, the wisest man considered by God, says that appetite is that important. Literally, it can destroy you. It can mess up and destroy and derail your life. For me, I was like Justin. I was a super picky eater. I didn't eat things. I didn't like things. I hated onions. I hated tomatoes. I still hate tomatoes. But you see, for me, I came to this realization that my life is not my own, that I'm a steward of what God has for me, that my life is his. And that means I need to take better care of myself because I want to serve God as long as possible. And that means I, I can't eat a whole case of the Key Belay chocolate chip cookies anymore. That's, I just can't do it. But the thing is, when you start removing these unhealthy appetites, these unhealthy actions and desires, you have to replace them with something that's healthy. Because here's what happens. Typically, we stop the unhealthy stuff, but we don't replace it. And when we don't replace it, we just go right back to it. And typically, we are worse into it. So what we have to do, we have to figure out what are we going to replace it with. Now, you probably, very little people probably have an issue with the Keebler Health cookies. Again, maybe for you, it's debt. Maybe you didn't realize, man, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. I never thought I would be here. Well, what healthy steps do you need to take? Because here's the truth. When you're in debt, you're strapped, and it prevents you from being able to do what God's called you to do. It restricts you. So for me and my family, one of our desires, man, we won't be out of debt. Do we have debt? Heck yeah. Do we want it? No. Don't want more of it? No. Because I want to live a life that stewards God's resources because they're his and not mine. So our next step for you and for me is simple to say. We must align our appetites with God's desires. We must align our appetites with God's desires. And in essence, this is discipleship. You're obedient to what you know, so when you begin to align your life with what God desires, it happens as you follow Him, as you get to know Him, as you're reading the Scripture, as you're spending time in prayer, as you're sharing community with other believers. 
You begin to see areas that you need to bring alignment to. It's a continual process that happens from the day you decide to follow Jesus until the day you die. And here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to bring this alignment. The first one is we have to submit areas of misalignment. We have to submit areas of misalignment. People come and ask me all the time about what I think about stuff. Some hot topic, political thing, or some issue, or some social justice. And what I do is say, well, what does God say? Because what I think, Phil, and believe is going to reflect what God thinks, Phil, and believes. So what does Scripture say about it? Because as we follow Jesus, as we read in Scripture, what happens is like these light bulbs start going off. Maybe... For you, emotionally, as you follow Jesus, you begin to be aware that, man, you know what? God cares about how I react to situations. God cares about anger. God cares about malice. God cares about jealousy. And you begin to align yourself. Maybe again in the area of finances, you begin to see how much God cares about how we handle our finances. So we begin to align ourselves. Not because someone is on a stage telling us to, but because God is leading us. God is calling us. And he's guiding our steps. This can apply to our marriage. This can apply to our friendships. That as we follow Jesus, we begin to see the areas that we've been missing it. That we are misaligned and we have to submit this to God. We have to submit and bring ourselves into alignment. Just like your vehicle. When your vehicle is out of alignment, man, it is dangerous. It's fun at first because you go, oh, but then it gets dangerous. So you got to get that bad boy to the shop and get it fixed. The same is true for us. We have to submit the areas of misalignment. And the second thing we have to do, we have to surrender areas of ownership. We have to surrender areas of ownership. Because just as I said earlier, Paul wrote to the church in Galatia that we are not our own. That we were bought at a price and that price was Jesus in his death. So when you make the decision to follow Jesus, guess what? Nothing you own is yours. My house is not mine. My car is not mine. Nothing I have is mine. It's God's. I just get to be the steward. I had a friend of mine that was house-sitting. And the house they were in, it was, a, man, it was a super nice house. And they were talking about how when they went to go make food, because you have to eat to live, how super careful they were taking the dishes out. They were slowly taking the pots and pans out because they don't want to ding up and mess up the cabinets. They don't want to break anything. They were super careful because they realized their stuff was in their hands. And they wanted to treat it with respect. They didn't want to mismanage it. They wanted to treat it perfectly. You see, that's our life. The stuff that we have, if you call yourself a Christ follower, our life is not ours. It is God's. And how you use the resources God's given you, how you manage it, should reflect your relationship with God. Because we were bought at a price, we are not our own. When you read in the Gospels, there's this rich young ruler that went to Jesus wanting to follow Jesus and Jesus asked him to surrender ownership of his stuff, to give his stuff away. And he couldn't do it. And it says he went away sad. Don't freak out. I'm not asking for your stuff. I don't want your stuff. Your stuff's your stuff. But what in your life are you still clinging to? 
keeping it for yourself. God, you can have my family, you can have this, but this right here, oh no, this is mine, this is mine, mm-mm. I'm keeping this. You have to surrender ownership. If you want to live a life that is aligned with God's desires, if you want to live a life that has healthy appetites, healthy desires, ones that draw you closer to God, not just make you a better person, you have to submit the areas that are misaligned, the areas that you might be missing it, and you have to surrender where you think you have ownership. Me personally, man, I'm super misaligned. There are areas that I'm missing it. I'm on this journey with you. I'm seeing areas that I need to, again, take myself to the mechanic shop and get straightened out. But here's what I love. God uses this time where he's aligning you, not just for you, but for others. You want to know who I don't like in my car? Anyone that knows something about cars. You know what I don't like to hear? That when my car makes a weird noise, well, you know what that is. It's probably your spark plugs. You probably just need to get your sparks plugged. Listen, when you have gone through a season of alignment, you're able to, in a loving and graceful way, help others bring alignment to their life. You're able to tell them, hey, you know, this one time my vehicle was misaligned too. I've hit this curb and everything got jacked up. But then, see, God will use your season of getting aligned as encouragement and testimony for someone else. Because in the end, at the end of the day, guess what? It is not all about you. It is not all about me. It is about people that do not know Jesus Christ coming to know him and being radically transformed by him. It's people submitting their misalignment. It's people surrendering their ownership because our creator cares for us and can do more with our little than we can with our whole lot. But it's a process. I'm 32. I'll be 33 this year. And here's what, as I was going through this message, I'm thinking about myself at 42, which terrifies me. Because when I'm 42, that means that Amaya will almost be 18. That's my daughter. She turns eight next month. And when I think about me 10 years from now, my wife 10 years from now, my daughter 10 years from now, who do I want to be? What type of man of God do I want to be? What type of husband? What type of friend? What type of father? And let me tell you, unless I make the adjustments now, it'll never happen. The only way that we can be who God wants us to be, and I'm not going to lie to you, that's the best way to go. Because he knows you better than yourself. He knows you better than your intentions. He knows what you're fully capable of doing. He knows what he's called you to. How to make an impact in your life. It only happens when we submit and when we surrender. God has more for you. And when I say that, I don't mean stuff. I don't mean selfishness. I mean God has a bigger desire for you to make a greater impact than you can ever imagine. You never know who you're going to come into contact with. You never know who you're going to make an impact with. But we've got to remove the unhealthy and replace it with the healthy. Let's be stewards of what God's given us and not squander it because of our selfishness. Let us be who God wants us to be. Let us say no to unhealthy appetites. If you would, pray with me. God, this morning we are so thankful 
That God, you care for us, that you pursue us, that you are faithful. God, you would never leave us nor forsake us. And God, I pray, forgive us for the areas of misalignment. God, help us, guide us, direct us so that we can live a life that is aligned with you. That our heart is your heart, that what you desire is what we desire, that we live a life that is complete in you and you alone. God, help us on this journey. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us through prayer. Speak to us through this community of believers to help us sharpen one another. God, to be who you desire and who you created us to be. As we continue to pray, some of you may have walked in to thrive today and and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're living life trying to stay in alignment. I want to invite you that today is the day you can have and find salvation. That you can be forgiven. That you can be whole. And in scripture, it says to do that, it's only two things. It's to believe and to confess, to believe that Jesus was who he said he was. That he was God in the flesh. That he died and three days later came back to life, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And it's confessing that. And what I want to invite you to do, if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, just pray this prayer with me right where you're at. And say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that by your death and resurrection, I am forgiven of my sins. I am made whole. I surrender everything to you. Align my life to your desires. Amen. Amen. Coming up in two weeks, we're kicking off a brand new series in the book of Titus. And we're going to be doing a verse-by-verse series. I'm, I'll tell you this, one of my favorite things is when we do a verse-by-verse series. Because when you preach the Bible, you can't ignore the Bible. That's why I love it. But if you would at this time, just check out this short video.